Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Radio Red in the house, the last Monday of January 2023. Already I can say, where is the year going? My goodness, happy to be here. I think we're live on Facebook, something's stalling out here. But if you can see us, you can see us. So there we are. We're live on the Voice America Empowerment Channel, where we love to be every Monday night. Before I even introduce my guests, I want them to do what we always do on Mondays. We have a shout out to somebody very special. I'm going to ask my three guests. We have Annie and Orly and Nader, and I'm going to ask you to join me on the count of three and say hello, L-L-L. Do it the best you can. One, two, three. Hello. Hello. Josh, that was probably one of the better ones. I don't know. That was pretty good. L-L-L is lovely, lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. She lives in Whitestone, New York, and I've been taking up a fictitious GoFundMe I can't can't do anything with it because it doesn't exist, but we're pretending we're going to move her to some place that starts with an L. Annie, I thought she was going to move to London, but it was too hot there. And with Brexit and all that, she didn't want to. Not her. We were going to move her to Larch- Larchmont, but she said that wasn't classy enough. So early, you'll help me figure out a place with an L where L can move. She listens to the show. And every Monday night at 8.01 p.m. Eastern, she will email me. And if you stick around for pictures after, which I hope you'll do, you'll I'll read it to you. A little synopsis of every Everything that each of you said on the show and how much she enjoyed hearing you and what she learned from you. So we're still in the age of Aquarius, the Western Zodiac, January 20th to February. Any of my guests in Aquarian? Anybody? Annie, Nader, Orly? Anybody? I am. You are. Can you can you give us Actually, the date? January 7th. Is that Aquarius or no? No, no, that was Capricorn. No, it, it starts on the 20th. Right. All right. Well, you, you can right. be a, a pretend. Aquarians tend to be impetuous, unpredictable, stubborn, humanitarian, altruistic, and love to help others. Saturday is their day of the week. Their color is turquoise, and they're associated with the, the planet Saturn and its element air. Their special numbers are 3, 4, 17, 18, and 22. So there you go. Now I am ready. Oh, by the way, let's see what our, where we are. It's the 30th day of the year, obviously. We're still using the Gregorian calendar, and I always do a shout out to Gregorian, Gregor, Greggy, Grego, whatever his mommy called him. He was certainly a creative if we're still using his calendar. Annie, you can smile now. It's okay. There you go. There you go. And uh, we have 337 days left in the year. And this is the fifth Monday. I'm the only one who cares about that because I do radio every Monday. What's interesting is that as we get later in the year, I do a countdown on how many days are left because I know we're all going to want to have something special to drink, alcoholic or not, on the next New Year's Eve. So you have 337 days to decide. And if you want to make Kahlua in the sink in the garage, I would start around June or July. So the flavors are really good. If you want to get the old whiskey still out or borrow one, whiskey, I'd say probably takes about four months. So you can start around September. And if you just want to order something online from Gary V's Winery or anybody who has wine online or champagne, do it early because the shelves will be empty very quickly. So I want to do a shout out to my engineer, Josh. We call him the one name wonder and he got us in with our sound checks and we appreciate you, Josh. I'm going to read a little tiny bit about, no, this Facebook has not come up here yet. I know we're streaming, but 
There we go. Oh my goodness, there we are. I just had to refresh. Sorry about that. I'm going to read a little description on my three, I'm calling them out-of-the-box creatives. And this episode is called Read My Lips, High Energy Creativity. And you're going to be impressed as I am with my three guests' creativity. So Dr. Annie White, Annie, just wave hello. Annie is a doctor of traditional Chinese medicine. I was very intrigued with that. She's going to tell us a little more. And she's the author of a book she just sent me, the PDF for the ebook, The Calm Code. And that's what we all need the calm code. She developed a step-by-step happy, H-A-P-P-I-E method to rewind the mind to be calm, happy, and balanced based on the science of the brain. We respect science. Dr. Annie White, so happy to have you here. I met you at the Publicity Summit in December online and very happy you accepted my invitation. Thank you. Then we have Nader Visegi, and he's in, oh, well, what can I say? He's an executive coach. He's an entrepreneur. He's a musician. He's a founder and CEO of a company that Cisco acquired. Impressive. He's the founder of an executive coaching firm. He is the author of Path to Freedom, Leading a Life of Joy, Impact, and Abundance. And he's a, also an upcoming book on conscious leadership. Nader, I wish you would do something with your life. Wave hello. There you are. <laughs> My goodness. High energy. That's I named the show after you. And then we have Orly Dudai. And D-U-D-A-I-E, Dudai. She's the author of your home, your money, how to leverage home ownership and avoid costly mistakes. Oh, yes, please tell me. She was born in Argentina. She was raised in Israel. She has worked in architecture, in office building interior design. I bet that was interesting. Construction field management. She served as Israel Program Center Director in the United Jewish Communities of Metro West, New Jersey. She was invited to come to the U.S. And I think she's still here. And you're still here, right, Orly? Where are you today? Definitely. She's in St. Louis, you told me, right? St. St. Louis, Missouri. And I didn't know, but Orly and Annie live a couple blocks apart. And (laughs) Nader's on the West Coast in in California, and I'm in somewhere in Tennessee. I'll have to check and see where I am. So today is Read My Lips, High Energy Creativity. So happy to have you all here. Let's do some spotlight bios. I just came up with that term, and I think it's really cool. So Dr. Annie White, you're my first spotlight bio. Would you please take three minutes if you do more than that? Josh might just cut you off. I don't know what kind of a mood he's in today. My engineer, he's really good, but really tough. Josh, don't be upset. I told them. Annie, please tell us more about what you do. What is traditional Chinese medicine and why do you practice it? Annie, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love being here and I love your show. Um, Traditional Chinese medicine is acupuncture, it's herbs, and it's a whole different diagnostic process. Because we don't focus on symptoms, we try to solve the root cause of health issues. Because when you solve that, the symptoms go away and it's healing at the deepest level. And this sort of thinking is exactly how I figured out my method because the root cause of stress is actually how our brain is wired. It's how our brain works. So if we're, our brain is wired to be more stressed, then smaller and smaller things are going to set us off, right? So I developed a method to train the mind to be calm and happy. And when it's calm and happy, you're going to have a more balanced response to stress. So it's a step-by-step, very specific process. Over a six-week period, you start with three minutes twice a day. You work up to eight minutes twice a day. I used it myself when I was... Um, living in Stressville, I actually was the mayor. I had moved in and started decorating. So um, yeah, and Chinese medicine was the basis behind all of that. 
And I always say to my patients, you know, nothing that doesn't work sticks around for thousands of years. I mean, this medicine has been healing patients for that long. So. Thank you, Annie. Very, very interesting. Um, Yeah, well, well, you and I are going to talk after the show off air, but I have some things I want to share with you. Thank you so much. Very, very interesting. When you were considering, I'm just going to use the term modalities, methodologies in in seeking calm and seeking to understand the wiring of the brain. Did you consider Western medicine or did Chinese seem to be the place for you to go? Just a quick answer. Chinese medicine, because it it gets to the root cause. Okay, thank you. We'll learn more about that when we get to your creativity statements. Thank you, Nader. Welcome. How are you? So happy to have you here. I met you also at the summit. It was a great summit in December. And Nader, would you please tell us more? As I said, I wish you'd do something with your life. You've only been about 25 different professions and careers and started and sold companies. Would you please talk to us? Welcome. Pleasure to be here. Well, it it took a lot of twists and turns to get here. So uh, I went through a lot of phases. Um, you know, first of all, I came to United States after uh, high school. So I, you know, did the studies and, you know, started working. So the first area after work was focusing on the technical side of things and then go into management, leadership. So that was my next phase. And then going to entrepreneurship, you know, putting ideas into businesses. And now I'm in a, I would say I'm in a mode of sharing my gifts, uh, you know, bringing out and expressing them, you know, whether it is writing books, it's um, making music, uh, working with my clients around bringing the best out of them as a conscious leader. So that's really what I do now. That's really, um, you know, bringing all of that that was piled up for a while and and then just bring it to the world and sharing um, my experience and my, you know, kind of wisdom that I put around together. So the first book was around that, sharing my uh, my experiences and and uh, uh, you know kind of insights. And now I'm working on my second book. What is conscious leadership? The title of your second book. What does that mean? Yeah, you know, a lot of um, I would say a lot of leaders, like like I was at one time, are very ego driven. You know, it's uh, it's not it's not about making a positive impact. It's just about you know ego. So one of the aspects of conscious leadership is very purpose-driven, is making a positive impact in the world and really making that intentional shift in the mindset uh, to to make that from ego going into serving. That's really the main shift. Sometimes they call it servant leadership. I was going to say, I had a guest on last week or the week before who wrote a book about servant leadership, and that was a new term for me. And I've worked in large corporations around the country for people who were, it was just the ego. It was a three-word, I'm the president, CEO, I have an EGO, and that go. was that was all, all it was. Could you just briefly tell us about the company that you sold to Cisco? I know everybody would like to do that, to hear about what, did, what was that all about? Well, that was um, more in a technology space. Uh, it was a networking space. So... Uh, you know, build that right toward the end of the dot-com um, boom. Um, and, and then I sold it to Cisco at 2001 timeframe. So me and the whole team moved into Cisco and, you know, started a business unit um, and sort of continued that culture of uh, entrepreneurship and, and a startup environment, which was really wonderful. 
Well, congratulations. 2001 is so far back. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. That was before the crash of 2008. That yes, was be that's before, right, exactly. right after the be bubble. Yeah. Be before we all worried about getting sick three years ago, and you were before a lot of the major events, and yet there were a lot of things that happened in that time frame. Thank you, Nader. Pleasure to have you here. Looking forward to learning more about your creativity. Orly Dudai, welcome. So happy to have you here. Can't wait. Tell us more about you. Fill in the blanks, please. Orly, welcome. Thank you very much. And thank you for inviting me. So my story goes around countries, continents, languages, professions. As you mentioned, I was born in Argentina, but raised in Israel. And I went to Mexico to learn architecture. When I went there, I didn't know anyone. I, did, I understood Spanish. I didn't speak Spanish for years. And I was just married. My husband didn't know a word in Spanish. We learned there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I learned architecture and I did my master in art history, focused on surrealism art. But then I really went back to Israel and focused on working in architecture. But I volunteered in a lot of educational projects. So the fascinating part is things that seems that there's no relation between them, the construction and the education, everything at the end of the road comes together. So in the U.S., I came to the philanthropic world, volunteering, educational, and then I shifted in the real estate to the construction, realtor, investor, and mortgage loan officer. I love numbers. And the last year... <laughs> The last year, I focused on the book that really brought everything together, because when uh, you know all the different perspective of one subject, not just as a realtor or just as a contractor or just as a mortgage loan officer, and having in mind what can benefit the people, what should they know, this really what brought everything together to the book. So... Orly, I, I, I'm going to say the same thing I said to you. I'm saying to all of you, what have you done with your lives, for goodness sake? I'm impressed with all three of you because of the commitment, the dedication. And, and my perspective on this show is that I, I've been saying this recently. It might sound silly, but I didn't pop out of my mom with a guidebook that said, you're going you're gonna to go to this school. You're going to get do this profession. You're going to like this kind of music. You're going to have this color hair. You're going to answer the phone a certain way. You're going to eat certain foods. You're going to marry a certain person, and you're going to live in certain places. It's all as we create it going along. And that's why I'm so intrigued with the guests I get on this show. I meet most of them, you know, 99.9% .9 at the National Publicity Summit. And people say, oh, creativity. Oh, I don't draw. I don't sing. I don't dance. Well, that's not what my definition of creativity is. It's how do you create your life? How do you interpret solving problems? And I've had guests on the show recently who talk about courageous creativity and energetic. Well, this is high energy today because of the three of you, but there's so many ways, graceful creativity, beneficial creativity, out of the box, everyday creativity, special. There's so many ways of looking at it. And the three of you embody that beautifully. So here's the part of the show. We're going to segue now to where I've asked each of you to please send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has nothing to do with the word creativity. And you're going to explain how it expresses your creativity. So I'm going to go through, I'm going to read the quote from each of you. I'll start with Dr. Annie White. Annie, I'm going to read the quote, but I have a little bit of background. This quote is from Hansel McDonald. So people are probably saying, where did I hear that name? Played by the one and only Owen Cunningham Wilson, born in 1968. I didn't know he had a middle name. 
And he is a supermodel competing with, here we go, Derek Zoolander, played, of course, by Ben Stiller. The movie is Zoolander, 2001 American fashion industry satire comedy film directed by and starring Ben Stiller. And it was uh, taken from a VH1 Fashion Awards TV special, two shows, two short films, and Zoolander was in both of those. It's about an assassination plot. I'm sorry, I got to turn off my audio here. Assassination plot to get rid of some people who were a prime minister of Malaysia was going to pass laws that were going to hamper the businesses of people in fashion. Oh, my. Here is the quote. I'm not sure what part of the movie it came from, Annie. I want you to tell us. And what has to do with creativity? The files are in the computer. Oh, my good. I can hear Rowan Wilson saying that. Annie, talk to me about the context and what does this have to do with your creativity? Okay, so I think this is the part of the movie where they have to get these files to save everyone from the Malaysian prime minister, who is Will Ferrell, who I think is hilarious. But uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson are trying to get the, the actual files out of the computer itself. And it reminds me of me and my creativity, because sometimes I don't understand exactly how all these computers work. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't get the files. They're in the computer. They're just in there. Annie, there we go. Okay. We had a little bit of a freeze and it's just catching up. There you are. There you are. Okay. Let me let Zoom catch up here. Just give me a second. Annie, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And I think I saw bits and pieces of, I'm trying to get back to the gallery view. I saw bits and pieces of Zoolander on TV uh, a couple of years ago, and I thought it was just absolutely fabulous. Who is your favorite character? In Zoolander? Yeah. The Derek Zoolander. Yeah, I thought. He I mean, he it, the parody he does of him, like he they do a mock-up of the school for kids. And it's tiny. And Derek Zoolander's line is, well, this is a school for ants. They're like, <laughs> um. <laughs> um, except it's a mock-up. And yeah, so it's brilliant. I just think it's fun. Thank you very much. Sorry for the freezes. There we go. We're getting back here. Nader, I'm looking at your quote. You sent a quote from Trinity, played by Carrie Ann Moss, to Neo a.k.a. Thomas Anderson, played by Keanu Reeves. Great movie, The Matrix, 1999 sci-fi action film. Did you know that it's considered one of the greatest sci-fi films of all times, Nader? I just read that. Very, very interesting. And it's considered a cyberpunk genre, and it was directed and written by the Wachowskis. There you go. So here is the quote. Interesting. It is the question that drives us, Neo. Okay, what does this have to do with creativity got her talk to me <laughs> yeah i mean for the most part it it is the question so sometimes we take things for granted you know we accept um things as facts we you know we go through our own self-limiting beliefs so sometimes we need to question our answers um you know sometimes you have to question the status quo and and i think that's the entry into creativity to be able to go beyond those self-limiting beliefs, which comes from, you know, our families, our peers, our cultures, you know, and most of our, our uh, inner critic, our, our self-judgment. So again, it's that question that I think can open up to uh, new possibilities. 
Thank you very much. Very interesting. And I appreciate the quote from the movie. And Orly, we're looking at your quote. This is a favorite. I use it often in real life. I think I think they call that IRL. If you're looking, I don't know where people just abbreviate it because in real everybody must say it. IRL. We're so busy we can't even spell it out, right, Annie? We've got to have abbreviations for in real life. This is something, it's a an iconic quote, Yoda, voiced and puppeteered. There is a word puppeteered by Frank Oz. Star Wars episode V, that's five. I, I wrote to somebody, uh, there was a, a cute joke I got about Roman numerals and somebody said they hadn't even learned those in school, God forbid. Star Wars episode V, that's five. The Empire Strikes Back, 1980, epic space opera film. Oh my goodness gracious. Yoda is a small green humanoid alien, powerful with the force and grandmaster of the Jedi Order. And he, uh, Frank Oz reprised the role in Return of the Jedi in the prequel, in the sequel. And Yoda is famous not only for his wise mentorship, but for having a distinct pattern of speech. And apparently, we're not supposed to know the backstory of Yoda. He was just supposed to be, George Lucas said, we're going to be very vague about everything. You're not going to know an awful lot of details. But the quote, it's wonderful. Do or do not. There is no try Orly, I love this. Isn't this true in life? So tell me, how did you pick this and what does this have to do with your creativity? Orly? Oh, it was easy to pick it because it's a favorite of my husband. And it has to do everything because when you say try, that means you're not putting 100%. Not in intention, not in your thought, not in your effort. You're trying and you open the door to maybe it won't work. So when you're committed on doing, it's not trying. If I would think about trying to go to another country and learn, trying to, you know, answer will be no. So if you want to do something, commit to it, go full in, all in, and just do that. And yes, there can be any challenges, but if you're with a set of mind, I'll try. No, you know, you're losing it from the beginning. I relate that to when I was learning binary math. I think some of you may remember when we learned uh, it's a one or it's a zero. The light is either on or it's off. Do or do not. There is no try. There's nothing. In, I know we have dimmers. Don't look at me like that, Nodder. We have dimmer switches where it's almost on and it's almost off. But you know what? It's still a light. It's either switched on or it's switched off. And that's the way it is. And how many times have, oh, I don't think any of you would have ever said this. Maybe I once or twice in my life. So we said, would you do this? Is I'll try. Well, B.S. Yoda nailed it, didn't he? Yoda nailed it. There is no try. You either are going to or you're not. You either do it or you don't. And such is life. And creativity is being the one who says, I will do it. I am doing it. I have done it. Not I will try. There's no commitment there. One of you just used the word commitment. Thank you all. Let me read. Let me pick a couple statements about creativity. We're moving very fast here. You all took me at my word about three-minute sound bites, and, <laughs> and you're actually not even giving me three minutes, so we're way ahead of schedule here, so we're going to have to fill in a little bit. Uh, I'm looking, Annie White, Dr. White, at your fourth statement. This is intriguing. I'll read it. And I, uh, to the audience, I've asked my guests to send me four statements on what creativity means to them in their life, in the, in the big wide world, how they use it, what it does how it impacts their definitions. And they each sent me four, and I'm going to pick, I'll probably pick two because we have extra time. I'll read it and ask you to expand it a little bit. Annie, I love this one. You say, one of the things that attracted me, this is Dr. Annie White speaking, to traditional Chinese medicine, it's an art and a science. All of the great doctors were painters, musicians, poets, and Annie reveals 
for the first time that she is a trained opera singer. Oh my, Annie, talk to me about the people, the doctors, the people you respect who are all of the artistic creative arts. Talk to me. I thought that was really interesting learning that when I was studying, you know, and they, some are musicians, some are painters. And I was like, oh, good. I fit in because I've been singing since I was a little girl and I was um, trained for a very long time. I sang in rock bands and jazz bands, and I never really professionally sang opera because I wasn't good enough for that. But I, I loved it. And the thing about Chinese medicine being an art is that like Nader was saying, you're living in the question. You're living in the creativity of the moment of you with that patient. And every single person in front of you is a different compilation. They are their own, you know, piece of work, piece of artwork that you are interacting with and doing an exchange to bring it to another level if that makes sense. So every single visit is different. Every single patient interaction is different. And it's really a crux and an important part of that medicine to be able to think in that way. Thank you very much. Very, very interesting. Um, I appreciate that I, I've done a lot of, I have a my other name under my, I have a radio show called Technology Revolution, the Future of Now. And I brought up the topic of technology and creativity a long time ago. And people said, well, if you're a mathematician, if you're a computer scientist, I'm an early woman in tech. I was coding back in the 1970s, uh, back <laughs> way, not, not as back far back as Grace Hopper, but certainly after her, but coding on a key punching Xerox Sigma 6 CP5, uh, it, was, it was quite an interesting time of life, and it was very thrilling. But I've always thought there was a creativity in the sciences. Annie, you can, I think you can all appreciate this. There's a creativity. When you're in architecture, early for goodness sake, in designing and even construction management, you're creating something, whether you're the one drawing and building or you're the one overseeing it and making sure it goes to code. Not or I'm going to get to your statement in a second here, but People say, oh, there's no creativity in those hard sciences. And there is. There is. Right, Annie? When you're designing how you interact with a particular patient, it is creativity. Thank you so much for that. Nader, your statement overlaps a little bit with Annie's, but I like it because there's something in here we need to talk about. You say, I express, this is Nader talking, I express my creativity through making music, painting, creating leadership workshops and retreats, and listening and following my heart's desires. Talk to us about those leadership workshops. What did they need that you bring, that you design and create those workshops? Nader, talk to us. Yeah, the leadership workshops, I mean, all of it is driven by working with my clients, with the companies I work with. It's like, okay, these are the challenges. So what's the best way to, so these are the questions, basically, right? The question is asked, like, hey, how can we operate as a, a really effective team? How can we go over the hurdle of, you know, navigating conflicts and all of that, right? So <clears throat> that's the starting point. And then I start bringing all of these, um, you know, all, all of these schools of thought, all of these methods, all of these structures, and then pull it into a workshop that is um, that is possible to deliver and having a shared experience, having a kind of a very engaging it's not just a one-way conversation. It's not a, a monologue. It's it's really having a having a uh, kind of a um, engagement and experiential model to really 
getting these concepts together and finding and almost like reprogramming the mind that, hey, there is another possibility. Uh, because again, we're, we're so conditioned that uh, we're, we're just a lot of times we're on autopilot. So the key is experiencing it that, hey, there is another way of looking at the situation There is uh, a, that can lead to different results. So that's really the, the, the creativity aspect to bringing that to the table and offering it to, uh, to people to sort of experience for themselves. And do the leaders who take your workshop say, oh, but you know, experience, engagement. I'm I'm a leader. I have a job. They hired me to run a company or run a team. Do you ever get that pushback from them? Not to say, what are you talking about? It's I do my job. What do you think? You know, a lot of times when when you know, even the the best CEOs, uh, you know, every business is different uh, and it has its own clashes and issues, people and frictions. You know, co-founder issues. I mean, there's so many of them, right? So when they hit the road, then they say, I need help, right? And uh, it doesn't matter how good the CEO is. There's always challenges that uh, uh, sort of ask us to to sort of go to a a new level of operation. And that's where these type of conversations becomes really useful because a lot of times they actually come up with the idea, but the conversation, the dialogue actually encourages them to think about what's, what's possible. What can I bring to the table? So it's a kind of a collaborative model. I like that. Collaborative. I'm doing a show on the future of collaboration and technology, heroes versus teams in a couple of weeks on my technology show. I thought that was very, very interesting. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm going to go to Orly. I'm going to go to your statements. And it's interesting. I'm just going to pop one out here, but it's not the one we're going to talk about. But this goes to what Nader was talking about. And I think Annie as well. Uh, Orly's number one statement is instead of thinking out of the box, get rid of the box. I really like that one. Orly, that's a brave statement, but that's not where I want to go because you had another one that I just loved. You say everyone who's ever taken a shower, I'm going to say, well, we hope so, has had an idea. It's the person who gets out of the shower, dries off and does something about it who makes a difference. Orly, nobody's ever said it quite this way on my show. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about singing in the shower. You're talking about ideas. Orly, talk to us. This is very interesting. Go ahead. I think there can be a lot of diverse excitement, ideas, but then very often the fear comes in. And you have a lot of reasons why not. And all the time, for example, when uh, I deal with clients with the mortgages or the real estate, Many times they're guided by what is expected from them and there is a fear to move on. Or for example, I hear many times that people ask questions because they think that's what they are expected to do. But one phrase that I love, you can get the correct answers for the wrong questions. Because you're afraid, you are asking questions, you get answers, but that's not the way to go. And when you have an idea, you have a passion, you, you want to do, and then you hear the voices, but maybe, and what if, and you begin to hesitate, so you can narrow that down and you don't take the action. It's do or do not, there is no try. You need to move on and do that. Thank you very much. And what, what, why did you use the metaphor of taking a shower? I was so intrigued Oh, I, I read it. And I loved it because that's when you don't feel judgment. You just think you have an idea. You let yourself, you know, go wild. What if and options and you do, you have no, you know, you're free to think and to move on. 
but then you get out of the shower and there is the everyday life and the reality hits you. And then many times you're just stopping there. There you go. And I'm going to use the metaphor of the flow of the water. There's something about that water. It's different from a bath. I love baths, but there's something about being in the shower and that water, whether you make it hot or cool or cold or anything in between, and whether it's coming out of one of those rain rain shower heads or whether it's just coming out of the old-fashioned kind of, whether you have a handheld sprayer, what do you do? That, that sense of flowing, floating of, to me, it's very distracting from everything that's happening outside the shower. I, I agree with you. I really like that, Orly. Thank you so much. I'm going to go back and do an extra statement from each of you because we do have time. Dr. Annie White I love your statement number three. I'm going to combine it with two because these, these two go together. Number one, you say, one of my biggest fears is being boring. Creativity fuels my uniqueness and sense of humor every day. But number two, you say, if I can't be creative, a life goes off and things get dull. And I think those two go together. So Annie, talk to us about the fear of being boring. I don't think I've ever had a guest talk about that. You're up. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, we're sitting here on a podcast and my, in a radio show. And my biggest fear is, oh my gosh, what if this show transpires and it's boring and people don't want to listen to it and it's not fun. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm getting so excited. I'm choking myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't think there's any reason in life to be boring. And we've been talking in this episode, and I'm loving it, about not following the rules. Don't follow what everybody else does. Don't stay inside that friggin' box. Mm -hmm. I did I was born without a box. I don't know about the boxes. You know, I try to please some of the box livers and the box dwellers, but I've never followed any of the rules, you know. <clears throat> And my creativity is the fuel behind that. And I think we all experience creativity in our own ways. And like you were saying at the beginning of the show, every single person on this earth is creating their life at every minute of every day. So to say we're not creative, it's intrinsic. It's part of our makeup and who we are. And it's not boring as long as you live your own song, you know, as long as you follow your own path. You're never going to be boring. Another word I use is improv. Now, I studied comedy. I had my own comedy troupe years ago. We did Borders bookstores and other places and public libraries. And we did some small clubs in Manhattan. And it was really, really fun. But I also studied improv with somebody who was with Chicago Second City and somebody else well known in that field. And there is always that sense. People don't understand. I don't think they grasp. Not to see if you agree with me. If you get on a phone call. You don't, unless you're doing telemarketing, you don't have a script. Hello, how are you? Or what's going on? Or, you know, I have something I want to talk to you about. Or let's talk about what we're going to do next Saturday. You're not reading a script. You're ma making it. Do you think I'm sitting here reading a script right now, Annie and Nader? No, of course not. This show is an improv. Yes, I have notes. Yes, I know your statements and your movie quotes and your bios. But we're just doing this on the fly, really. And that's what I look for in my guests as people who can just be part of a roundtable conversation without reading a script. So to me, not only is life, we're creating it, Annie and Nader and Orly, but we're improving it. And I don't think people get that. That That's that shower water, right? That flow of what are you going to do now? What are you, you going to wake up? What are you gonna, You're in your own mind. What are you concentrating on? What are you focusing on? What's going to matter to you today? Is it about you? Not, or is it about being a leader? Is it about bringing something to a team? Is it about leading or 
being a leader and bringing everybody with you. There's so many ways to look at it. So thank you very much, Annie. I'm going to go to Nader. I'm looking at your statement number three. I like this one. I, you might've mentioned it before, but I want to get some more for you. You say, when I'm truly creative, my ego steps aside and I tune into what wants to come out through me. Oh my, you're all very deep today. I don't know if you know it, but this is good stuff. Nader, talk to me. What does this mean to you? Your ego steps aside. How dare it? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. So, um, you know, it's interesting. The best example would be when I um, started to record for that music album. Um, that was my very first experience uh, as a musician. I, I'm not a, a sort of professional musician. I just love to play instruments and and play for the fun of it, right? And then one day I decided that I want to make a recording and and you know release an album. Um, and of course the ego always comes in. Uh, you know why do you want to do that? You know is it you want to get you know famous? You want to get whatever? Or the other side of the ego? Uh, what if it fails? What if you're not able to do this? What if people don't like it? So all of that. So getting that ego out of the way and just listening to what wants to come out. And those songs, those music wanted to come out. That's all. I just wanted to make it, you know, bring it out and see what happens. And I did. And it was a, I can, you know, I did a lot of things in my life, but I can say that music album, the creation of that, it was very intense, but it was by far the most rewarding and creative experience so far. I, I loved it. It's just great. And because of that, because I had to get my ego out of the way and just let it flow. Thank you very much. And that's, I think that's with painting, that's with singing, that's with creating music, with performing. You have to get your, you do your best to do and be who and what you want to be, but you have to get your ego out of the way and stop second guessing, right? You've got to do what you know is the best for that moment in time as you improv your life, even if it's with a script. Thank you very much, Nader. Very interesting. Orly, let's look at your statement number three. I like this one. This is a good way to wrap up the statements. I've got it here. Create with the heart and build with the mind. This is deep, Orly. Annie's nodding. Yeah, that's an interesting way to go. Orly, talk to us. Please explain or expand. You want to be creative. You want to be original. You need to come from the heart. But nothing will work if you don't put logistics unfortunately for any every anything you know the idea the budget the execution the timeline just to make it real and move on so everything can be done the question is how not if and for that you really need to use your mind and the structure the thing just to make it happen so it's a combination of two the most important thing is not to have those logistics bury what's in your heart. So you can have the idea, but let your mind help you, not block you. Thank you very much. Very interesting. I started painting around four years ago. You know what people say, I can't draw a straight line. I can't draw a stick figure. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, when I moved, it was a while ago, I moved to Durham, North Carolina. It was about five and a half years ago. And shortly after I moved there, I got a flyer from Michael's, the arts and craft store. And it said, we have this, like a portfolio that a model would carry or a photographer, you know, with a handle, a big thing. And it said, it's an art kit. 
It was on sale. So I went and bought it. I stuck it in a closet for two years. Didn't think about it. Why did I buy it? I don't know. It was on sale. It sounded cool. And one day I got it out and I looked at it and I said, okay, that's interesting. And I put it back, waited a couple of weeks, took it out again, opened it up again. So, well, that's just got a bunch of books on how do you do watercolors? How do you do acrylics? How do you do pencil or crayon? How do you, how do you paint? What are these different media like? I put it back again. A couple weeks later, I took it out and I said, you know, I have a piece of construction paper. Let me play with this little paint set. Let me see what I could do. Okay. Did two or three or four of those. And then I thought, what do I want to do with this really? And then Michael's had a sale on canvases and I bought a bunch of canvases and I got some brushes and I said, well, this is interesting. People said, you can't do watercolors on canvas. I said, sure, I can. I'll do whatever I want. I'm going to go outside the box early. I'm going to paint outside the rules. So I started doing watercolors. Then I said, well, I like sparkly. So I bought some glitter glue. And then I said, you know, I've got a bunch of earrings that are lying around. And they're missing the match to the earring. Well, if you all look behind me, what you're seeing on Read My Lips here is one of my original paintings. It's a painting of buildings in the city. The artist at Voice America put the lips on it and the text. But those are real earrings. This was one of my early watercolor paintings. And to me, these are windows and buildings. They're tall. They're outlined in the gold glitter. And those are earrings that I stuck through the canvas. Who did that? Well, I did it. Too bad. Before I knew it, I had 50 paintings. And then I had 100. And then I had 150. And I was running out of wall space. So I turned my garage into a small art gallery. And then I was just stacking them up in boxes. And when I moved here to Tennessee, I brought them all with me. And lo and behold, there was a little room attached to the house called a sunroom. Guess what? It had a door. It had windows. It had a light and a ceiling fan. And I said, you know, that's my art studio. So I started painting again, and now I'm doing collages and acrylic paint pouring. People say, why are you doing that? I say, because it's like being in the shower, really. It just, the ideas come to me, and I sit there sometimes late at night, and I just paint. And I, I know when I'm done, because I know when I'm done when I'm done. Do or do not, there is no try. I know when it's finished. And when it's not, I'll bring, come back and do another day. So that people say, why do you paint? Because I can, because I want to. Does it, am I going to sell? No. Am I ever going to exhibit them anywhere? Maybe not. I'm painting for me. That's this creative spark. And you know what it does for me, Annie? That sense of being able to put something and say, oh, I love those colors, or I like that, or I see some elephants walking across the page, or I see singers there. What do I see? I like that. Anybody else? You must, not are dabbling with music. You must have had this. Do you have that same Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. That- um, you, you said it really nicely. It's exactly the case. That's where it's not about ego. It's just you're allowing this pour, this like fountain of ideas and what your heart wants to express come out, right? That's that's the most important thing. And it pleasure is just yours. It doesn't really matter what happens next. Yeah? Yes, 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 yes. And there is no ego because there was no audience. There you go. Annie, anything you want to relate to that before I go to some celebrity birthdays? Any thoughts on that? I just completely agree with you. And I think anything that comes from our soul and like Orly said too, our heart fuels that creativity and it fuels what gifts that we were intrinsically given to bring out to the world. And I know you're saying you're not going to exhibit your paintings and you can do whatever you want with them. But the energy that you've given the world in that transaction of creating that beautiful artwork and it making you so happy, you've already contributed right there. That's nice. That's a that's a very nice thought. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. Orly, you started this one with the shower and all that. Any thoughts you want to say about <laughs> painting before I move on? 
I absolutely identify with that. Actually, some of the paintings in the back is the first painting of my husband, that it was a gift for one of his birthdays. Very, yep. very nice. So definitely bring definitely. it out. Whatever you feel that it's the right thing, do that. It just feels like it sometimes. And sometimes I was doing five paintings in a weekend because when I was in Durham, I had a huge kitchen counter that was right across from the sink. So I set up my paints with a pad on the counter on the the, the quartz. When I have a quartz counter, I set up the paints and a, and a pad underneath them and I could wash my brushes behind me in the sink as long as I wiped the acrylic paint off the of the thing. Anyway, there we go. I want to do some celebrity birthdays now, and I think you'll enjoy them. If you know who these people are, and I think you will, just yell out happy birthday or something. First of all, Phil Collins is 72 today. Who knew that? Grammy-winning lead singer and drummer of the progressive rock band Genesis. He sold only 100 million albums plus. 100 million plus. Oh, my. Do you know that he started playing drums when he was five years old while he was watching TV and listening to the radio? He has released more top 40 hits on Billboard's Hot 100 in the 1980s than any of his contemporary performers, and he won the Grammy for Best Pop Vocal Performance for his single Against All Odds. Take a look at me now. Interesting. Christian Bale. 49 today. Batman in Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. I can't sing on the show because of you, Annie. You're a professional singer. He's won acclaim for his roles in American Psycho, The Machinist, American Hustle, The Fighter, and he got an actor for Best Supporting Oscar. And did you know that he married Winona Ryder's makeup artist? No. <laughs> he has two children with her. Her name is Sibby Blazik, B-L-A-Z-I-C. She was Winona Ryder's makeup artist and personal assistant, and Christian Bale married her. And I, I think they're still together, although you can't tell with Hollywood. Here's one of my favorite newcomers to TV, and apparently he's been around a long time, heartthrob, Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama. He's 43. He plays Special Agent Nick Torres on NCIS. Does anybody watch? Remember the show yeah. that Mark Mark Harmon? It's in its season, no, 50-50, it's season 17, I think. And Mark Harmon is just a producer now. He was Jethro Gibbs. Uh, it's changed a lot. But Wilmer Valderrama is a real heartthrob. Nick Torres is a really cool character. Anyway, he did a Pacific Bell commercial in a Spanish language. That was his first acting job. But he's been on Grey's Anatomy and the Ranch. So there. I have some social media stars I want to say happy birthday to. And the only reason is because I think I will wow the three of you with their followings. So we have a YouTuber named Susie Barroeta, B-A-R-R-O-E-T-A. I'm doing the best I can. She's all of 18 years old. She's a Latina. And she has beauty vlogs and videos that have only 130,000 subscribers. I, I, I mean, that's usually way lower than most of the people I say happy birthday to on the show. But she has over 9 million overall views. Wow. I know. Uh, there was a birthday of somebody who specialized in slime videos about a month ago. I read on this show and I said, we're all in the wrong profession. What can I tell you? Then we have somebody called the badass grandma. Not grandma, grandmom. She's 78. They didn't give her a real name. She is a social media phenomenon. She only has 400,000 followers. And she went viral on Vine, and she had 90 million Vine loops. Does anybody know what a Vine loop is? I forgot no. to look it up. My guess is how many people played the Vine. Isn't that the 30-second thing over and over and over again? Then we have a TikToker named Alina Kim. She's 20 today. Happy birthday. She's a lip-sync performer. I don't think she's very popular 
Orly. She only has 651 million likes. Wow. Whoa. What can I tell you? And she has colorful hair and makeup, and she wears some kind of a branded headband that all the kids know what that is. Now I have some music history events we have today in 2000. Backed by drummers, bagpipers, and sign language interpreters, Faith Hill sang the national anthem at Super Bowl 34. If any of you are Super Bowl fans, the Rams won over the Titans. And similar to Whitney Houston's 1991 Super Bowl performance, the song was a single hit, and it, it went into the charts, and it became a single. In 2016, on this day in history, David Bowie's Black Star album hit number one in the U.S., and he had been passed away 20 days before. So this was in memoriam, basically. It's his first number one album in the U.S., and he was gone. Interesting. Uh, Britney Spears, 1999. She debuted Baby One More Time, and it went to number one real fast. Britney Spears, how many years ago? 1999. I'm so upset. We just froze. We just froze Zoom. So there we go. Natalie Cole in 1994 on this day in history, January 30th, sang the U.S. National Anthem at Super Bowl 28 in Atlanta. And the halftime show was country music with Clint Black, the Judds, and Travis Tritt. On this day in 1973, Kiss played their first concert. I'm a New Yorker. They performed at the Popcorn Club in Queens, New York. I've never heard of it. I have no idea where it is, and I'm guessing it's not there anymore. They wore makeup on stage, but Kiss did not have the makeup they're famous for right now. In 1969, on this day in history, the Beatles' last public performance was on the rooftop of Apple Records in London. You know what happened to that, Annie? No, I don't. Hit the, me. Poli the police shut them down because there's such a crowd came to the rooftop of Apple Records that they, they said we can't control the crowd. So they shut them oh, down. Wow. And on this day in history, Elvis's Jailhouse Rock entered the UK charts at number one, the first single ever to do so. I don't know what a first single by Elvis or whatever. I have a couple of holidays here. We're almost out of time. National Bubble Wrap Appreciation Day is today. And what happened was a radio station unwrapped their microphones on air and the bubble wrap popped and the listeners loved it. It was invented by Mark Chavanes and Alfred Fielding in 19... Not Fielding. In 1957, they tried to sell it as wallpaper and greenhouse insulation. Didn't work. They started a company called... You'll get a kick out of this, Nader. They started a company called the Sealed Air Corporation. In 1961, the next year, IBM used bubble wrap to protect their 1401 computers when they were shipping them. And in 2015, Sealed Air Corp invented iBubble wrap. It comes uninflated so that they can send it at lower cost and lower volume. Today is National Croissant Day, interested, introduced to the world by Marie Antoinette when she married the royals in France. I'll leave that one alone. It's National Draw a Dinosaur Day, a registered holiday in 2007 by student Todd Page, who was bored. Annie, he was bored in his anthropology class. We started drawing dinosaurs, and he created a whole thing with his classmates, and he registered the holiday, believe it or not. Today is National Inane Answering Message Day. If you have a stupid answering machine message that's insulting or patronizing, people are going to make fun of you today. Wait for the beep to leave a message or wait for the sun to set to open the bottle of wine. They gave that example. In Friends, uh, Ross wanted to put Queen's We Will, We Will Rock You as a message on the phone he shared with Joey and Chandler. And the question is, what if you had to hear We Will, We Will Call You Back? Every time somebody called your phone. Today is National Maxwell Day. If you know anybody named Maxwell, surname, given name, whatever it is, say happy birthday. And this is Yodel for Your Neighbors from the German Yodlin, uttering a high range and a low range note. And the shepherds in 1500 Central Alps used to say this. 
to get their sheep in order or whatever to get their their cattle and their people out in the hills. And then U.S. immigrants from Germany brought it to Pennsylvania, and now we have groups that perform yodeling. That's all I have. Let's quickly get some websites where people can find you. Did you like the holidays, Annie? Oh, I loved them. I'm, I'm super into the yodeling one. I'm going to go to yodel for my neighbors after this. I know you will. And also the Hutchinson family singers are apparently professional yodelers. You're all going to stick around for pictures afterwards. So let's go around the table. Dr. Annie White, you're first. Where can people find you? Website, please. D-O-C-T-O-R, Annie, A-N-N-I-E, white.com. Okay. Dr. Annie, white.com. D-O-C-T-O-R-A-N-N-I-E-W-H-I-T-E. Dot com. Thank you very much. Nader, where can people find you? That'll be Synergist, C-N-E-R-G-I-S-T.com. C-N-E-R-G-I-S-T.com. Synergist. That's very right. Very cool. <laughs> Instead of creative. <laughs> I like it. I really, really do. Instead of synergist, put the letter C instead of the S-Y-N-E-R-G-I-S-T. Very nice. Laura's going to like that one. Lee, where can people find you? askorly.com it's ask o r l i.com a s k i love to spell you can tell a s k o r l i.com you all have very very interesting websites we actually have oh what have we got we got 2 minutes till close one sentence if you were going to motivate somebody to think that their life can be more creative than it is currently any one sentence quick off the top what would you it say it is who you are you have no choice you're already creative I love it. Nader, a piece of advice for whoever, whomever. I would say discover and follow your gifts and express. Ooh, okay. Orly, what would you have to say? You are creative. Make it happen. Get rid of the box. Get rid of the box. I like that very much. Uh, we're going to end on time tonight. I have 7.55 here, and I'm going to give Josh a little airtime here, a little lead time when he wants to cut us off on the Empowerment Channel. I want to say thank you. Everybody say one, two, three, thank you, Josh. One, two, three. One, two, three. Thank you, thank you, Josh. 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 Okay, Josh is wonderful. Now, here's my closing. Life is short. Break the rules. Somebody knew I was going to say that. Forgive quickly if you can. Kiss slowly. It's really the best. Love truly. And laugh uncontrollably. On the count of three, you're all going to laugh uncontrollably for three seconds. One, two, three. (laughs) (laughs) I keep forgetting to open the show like that. I should. And never regret anything that made you smile. And here, my final closing. Just enough time. Work like you don't need the money because really nobody else cares. Just get the job done. Dance like no one's watching when I was teaching disco in high heels on a Formica table at a high school cafeteria. Everybody watch, trust me. Sing like nobody's listening, except when Annie White is singing, then you're going to listen. And love like you've never been hurt, because we all have. Get over it. Get past it. Move on. Learn to love yourself, and you will open up your heart to somebody else. And here's the final. Money talks. Chocolate sings. La. And last but not least, I stole this line from somebody else. Don't go away, kids. Thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye to Facebook. Wave goodbye, Josh. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. 
Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sawyer is more than an outdoor company. Every Sawyer product you buy contributes to our common humanity, bringing Sawyer water filtration systems to people in need all around the world. In just 2022 alone, 260,000 households in over 45 countries received clean drinking water through Sawyer filters. Over the past 10 years, we've teamed up with over 140 charities in 80 countries to provide long-term, sustainable relief domestically, internationally, and in disaster situations. Together, we're saving millions of lives. Thank you. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Doodling as a spiritual practice? This new form of mindfulness therapy allows your spirit to rest, relax, and regroup from the stresses of everyday life. The good news is you don't have to be a trained artist. The only qualification you need is feeling overwhelmed with life's challenges. Doodling is simple, inexpensive, and all you need is pen and paper.